going on, y'all? Welcome back to the Cold Seat Podcast, where the seats are cold and the takes are hot. We've got Thursday Turf Talk coming at you guys today, the third edition of it. Going to have a couple college football week two games to talk about. we got five here. Got some NFL uh, kind of news, injuries, I think, before week one. And then we'll go over all of our picks for all the week one games, and we'll kind of dive deeper into a handful of them as well. Quickly, last week, Brett and I both went four and one. I believe, or sorry, three and one on our college football picks. We all, we three of us nailed the Florida State, North Carolina, Utah games. Uh, we won't spend too much time talking about it since we'll talk about it with the Tech game this week. But Texas Tech did fall uh, in double overtime at Wyoming in a, uh, needless to say, disappointing game for the Red Raiders. And I think for, um, you know, for the programs was well the fan base uh, kind of not living up anywhere close to what preseason expectations were. But with that said, we will get into our first college football week two games. Talk about this week. First of them being probably the biggest matchup of the week with number 11 Texas going down to Tuscaloosa to play number three Alabama in a rematch of what was last year's epic game in Austin. Um, Bama's favored by seven. I'll let you make your first pick here, Brett, and um, talk about who you're taking, what you're taking on the spread, that kind of stuff. Yeah, this should definitely be a fun game. Um, when looking at it, I don't think it's going to be that competitive seven point spreads probably just in, do, in part to you know what the rosters and expectations for a year in these early games um but i'm picking bama to win by more than seven i just it'll probably be competitive early but ultimately i don't think bama's going or texas is going to be able to keep it competitive the whole game uh, just the amount of athletes bama has and i think they're out for a little more this year than texas is yeah, I'm taking Bama as well. Um, I, I I paused on the line because I think that Texas is going to be competitive in this game for most of it. Um, that's what I'm, I'm going to take Bama minus seven because I think in college there's there can be if it's a tight game. I, I do think Bama ultimately in the fourth quarter um, wins out, and I think it, it at this point um, at a seven point spread, I'm I'm comfortable enough taking uh, the winner in the points here. So I'll take Bama to cover. But I think as a, a competitive first half game, and I think at, at the half, Bama makes the much the far better adjustments. And I think in the fourth quarter, they're just a more disciplined team when it comes down to it, which I think is ultimately in games like this, high-profile games is what matters. I think as we kind of saw last week in the Florida State-LSU game, uh, the more disciplined team and the better halftime adjustments won out in that game with Florida State really rolling in the second half. So could see a similar kind of game flow un- unfold here in Alabama this week. Next game on the slate is number 20 Ole Miss versus number 24 Tulane down in New Orleans. I believe that's not that's not neutral side, is it? I don't believe so. No. Okay. Um, Ole Miss favored by seven. I'm gonna take Ole Miss, and again, I'm gonna take them to cover. I don't just don't know how good Tulane is this year. They were preseason ranked. They're gonna stay ranked because they won last week. The Ole Miss offense looked really good last week. Um, Quinshawn Jenkins is a baller. So I'm, I'm going to take the Ole Miss offense to roll and just it, it win in a shootout, um, but win by, you know, more than seven, all things considered. Yeah, it should be a good game. I mean, basically, it could be a home game for either team. I, I mean, they're not that far apart. It's like the same drive from Austin to Lubbock, basically. Um, but I think Ole Miss is going to have a good showing there. I think, you know, they'll probably travel pretty well knowing – you know, they kind of have a better, a bigger reputation as a football program than Tulane. So I would assume a good bit of fans make the trip. I'm going to pick Ole Miss to win by more than seven as well. I just don't think that Tulane's going to have the athletes to match up. I think the athletes that they did have are gone now. Um, I just don't think they're going to be able to match up for the whole game against Ole Miss, who has some really, really good players. I'm with you there. Um Probably that's competitive, ranked for a reason. Um, kind of get the two ranked match. We always get the ranked matchups of the week, and then we'll each get the games that we pick as well. The Tech game, the game that I picked for the week was number ten Notre Dame going playing North Carolina State at home. Uh, Notre Dame favored by seven and a half on the road. I am going to take Notre Dame to win. I'm going to take seven and a half again, saying kind of following the same thought processes with seven earlier. Now seven and a half is a little different because that's more than a touchdown unless you get two point conversions, but I'm um, going to take Notre Dame, going to take him to win. I think Sam Hartman looked really, really good in the first two weeks of the season. Um, those who saw his sideline shenanigans, if you will, uh, doing fake play calls, great comedy, just guys being dudes, really funny. Um, but no, I think 
he looks really good. He looks like a seasoned vet, which he is. He's 24. But um, curious to see this Notre Dame team against their first real competitive opponent. I mean, Navy's, you know, uh, not a slouch, but I don't know how much of a real power five opponent they represent because, I mean, they're not power five, but I don't know how much of a real competitive opponent they're going to represent for Notre Dame. That was like Middle Tennessee last week. So um, getting a real, a legitimate power five opponent with, um, you know, the chops to play in a big time game like North Carolina State um, in, a, in a pretty rowdy environment. Uh, we witnessed it last year when Tech played there on the road. North Carolina State gets, gets pretty into it. They get pretty they get pretty hyped up for games. Home crowds are awesome there. So curious to see them go into a hostile environment and take on, like I said, a power five team. But looking for Notre Dame um, to really solidify themselves as contenders this year with a big win on the road. Yeah, you said it pretty much. I, I have the same pick, Notre Dame by more than seven and a half. Not much to it. I just think this is going to be their biggest game yet, and I think they're going to keep rolling offensively mainly. Um, a lot of guys playing really well early on. Our next game that we have is number 23, Texas A&M at Miami. Miami had a big win last week. I'm looking for them to continue that, um, continue the positive momentum into this game against A&M, who's actually favored by four and a half. I was a little surprised by that. Um, but I'm going Miami to win and obviously cover. Um, I think I think Miami's going to play really well. I don't think they either of them have played any notable games through one week. I'm trying to remember who A&M played last week. I assume nobody important. Um, but yeah, I think a or Miami's going to get the ranked win um, at their own place. And I, it should be a close game, but... Probably no more than a 10-point difference. Yeah, they played New Mexico last week, so that, not a real real barn burner, if you will. Um, yeah, with two evenly matched teams here, uh, I'm going to take Miami win because they're the more disciplined team. I think a Mario Cristobal coach program versus what we've seen a Jimbo Fisher coach program be in the last you know, five years at Texas A&M, roughly. I will have more faith in a Mario Cristobal coach program, so take them to win at home too which is big um you know in coral gables it's a bit of a trip for for the aggies and i think again um miami's really looking to turn it around i think, I think they're gonna get a lot of fan buy-in um so i'll take them to win moving on to our last game of the week the texas tech game um obviously disappointing last week um the worst way to start out of the year i mean that was worst case scenario was to lose in laramie um you know, they've got a chance to kind of expel those demons, if you will, and exercise those this week with, with number 13, Oregon, coming to town. Oregon favored by six and a half. Um, based upon what I saw last week and based upon the fact that Texas Tech's not making a quarterback change, I'm going to take Oregon minus six and a half. I'd be hammering – or sorry, Oregon plus – or my, yeah, minus six and a half, I should say. I have it written down wrong on my screen, but – I'll take Oregon to win and cover. Um, I'll let you hit on it a little bit more, but just an overall lackluster performance in every kind of sense of the word outside of the first six minutes of football played last week for Texas Tech. Um, I mean, from top to bottom, from the players in the field in all three phases to the coaching strategy from from Joey McGuire to the play calling offensively. Um it's not good. Uh, I will say we. I know we disagreed on this. I liked the fourth and goal blitz up the middle when they scored in the second overtime. I mean, it got home. Had Texas Tech's you know slot defender, nickel defender, what do you want to call him? Safety actually just covered the right guy. It, it probably would have worked and they'd have won the game. But nevertheless, he didn't. Takes all eleven on every single play. So. Um, didn't work out, but I, like I said, I'll let you touch on more of the nuances of the game here. But yeah, I'm taking Oregon to cover, um, win and cover based upon. Had Tech made a quarterback change this week, I would have maybe considered taking Tech to cover because I think with with Baron Morton at quarterback, you're probably taking a few more chances downfield, probably taking a couple more gambles, um, and maybe those pay off. If we're gonna keep Ty at quarterback, this isn't any slight to him. I just we know it, we we've seen it, we know what he is. He's not covering against Oregon, so. Yeah, I also picked Oregon to win by seven or more. Um, ultimately, probably a 10 to 14 point game. I don't think that last week's loss 
wasn't as unexpected as people were making it to be. I think it's the fact that the way in which they lost was expected. And overall, especially coaching, you didn't see any changes from last year. Joey McGuire still doesn't really use timeouts the right way. Uh, Zach Kelly still doesn't adjust throughout the game, like within the game play calling. He has a really good game plan going into it, but doesn't adjust to counteract what the defense is adjusting for. Um, what you saw, I mean, Texas Tech was up 17 nothing in the first quarter. And to lose by, what, two points at the end of the game because you didn't get your two-point conversion in the second overtime and then they got theirs in a play that you nearly had them and you would have won. Um, I don't think it was unexpected that they lost. I think overall, like everyone said, you know, playing Wyoming is this really tough environment and the elevation and all that. And it's just unfortunate that they lost because they've had so much promise going into the season and for the season and high expectations. And I don't think anyone thought that this would be a loss, but nonetheless, it was, um, you know, looking to, right the ship a little bit this week even if you don't win you still can take multiple positive strides this week against a really good team number 13 obviously um but it should be a big game nonetheless i think it's going to still be a crazy environment um you know they're making improvements to the stadium there's some new lights new sound systems and stuff even though the south end zone is still being renovated and won't be ready till next season um it's still going to be fun fun environment probably the biggest non-conference home game in the last decade at least that I can remember uh, ever hearing about but you know we'll see how it plays out I don't, I don't want to set any expectations necessarily but I just think the offense needs to adjust more in game I think that's going to be one of the keys to winning and uh, obviously making the right decisions quarterback wise um, should lead to a close game if not a win so I'm not ruling out a win but my prediction is a loss so should still be fun, um, you know, fun game to go to, fun game to watch. And, I mean, everything included, looking forward to it. But moving on to the NFL here, we covered all the ranked matchups. We each picked a game, and then we covered the Texas Tech game, which is normally what's slated each week for college football. Talking about the NFL, before we get into the first week of NFL, which starts Thursday night, we're going to talk about some injuries and a couple other things. So, first of all, Cooper Cup, he is out week one and could be out the first four weeks. Uh, they have not placed him. The Rams have not placed him on injury reserve yet, but they're not ruling it out. Um, so, big impacts there for the Rams and Cooper Cup fantasy owners. Um, and then Travis Kelsey, hyperextended his knee in practice on Tuesday. His status is questionable for the Thursday night game. Uh, you know, quick turnaround from the injury, unfortunately, for him and the Chiefs. I don't I don't think he's going to play. Um, I think it's going to be a long shot for him. I think if the game was on Sunday, he'd probably play in a more limited role. But with it being Thursday night, I think it'd be really tough. Um, but nonetheless, still should be a good game. But, yeah, I probably wouldn't predict Kelsey to play. Yeah, I mean, starting with Cup, um, I am a Cooper Cup fantasy owner in two leagues, not just one, but two. Um, so happens when you pick eighth in, you know, a 10 and a 12, and he gets there at eight, the value. Granted, it was before he got hurt. Uh, the first one was definitely way before he got hurt. The other one was in a 12-man where I felt like, yeah, got to take the gamble there a little bit. But nonetheless, um, kind of in a real in a real football sense, I don't know what the, the Rams are without him. I mean, Aaron Donald feels like he's playing a 1-11 on defense this year. Um, and Stafford, I, I don't know what he looks like this year. I don't, I don't, You know, Cooper Cup was going to get his in a very real way this year. I think he still will when he plays, but we don't know what – Stafford could look like Drew Brees of like 2021 or 2020, whatever his last year was, when he just couldn't throw the ball past 30 yards downfield because he – literally just physically couldn't anymore or he could look like even last year's Aaron Rodgers which was still pretty good you know so we just don't know what we're getting from him health wise at this point in his career um the offensive line still isn't great uh I don't love I mean everyone else in the offense is unproven so um it's a tough one for them 
I think he misses two games. I think he they try and get him back in a couple of weeks. We'll see. For Kelsey, I'm with you. I don't, I think if he plays if they're playing Sunday, he plays in a limited role, red zone reps, uh, third down, that kind of thing. He ain't playing tomorrow night. It's just or I guess ten, the night when you guys were saying tonight, he's not playing. I don't think. Um, it'd be tough for at least a quick turnaround. Uh, if this was a week. 17 16 17 18 game and they needed to win yeah maybe he might be on the field suited up again playing some super limited reps that said it's a week one game they have super bowl aspirations to go repeat they can they can take time and they can drop this game right um they don't have to win it yeah they'd be nice to start the year with a win but they you'd rather keep kelsey healthy um than force them to push him to play losing for injury for four weeks right so you'd rather you'd rather have him for have him miss one than miss four or five or six or more so i don't think he's playing this week and then last bit of news before we get into the picks here uh, with nick bosa ending his holdout today signing a was it a five-year 170 million dollar contract like 100 almost 125 guaranteed uh monster deal for him it deserved expected that it was going to happen um him and the 49ers really put it push it to the deadline of when he was going to you know get this deal done um that said i figured it would get done eventually before the season started i didn't think they'd want to go into week one without him uh considering they've got a pretty tough matchup this week as well um but the thing that i want to kind of hit on here is what does the chris jones impact look like because this is a guy that is supposed to be just super far apart from what the team wants to give him in kansas city and i would argue is the second most valuable player on his whole team behind patrick mahomes there's a real argument that, that Chris Jones is more valuable to the Chiefs than Travis Kelsey is because of what he does defensively and the way he anchors that defensive unit, right? Um, I'm not saying Chris Jones is an all-time great tight end or an all-time great defensive tackle, but I think for what he does for that team right here and now, I think he is more valuable to them. Um, so I, you got to wonder, uh, does this kind of push the Chiefs to get the deal done? Or are they standing firm on the fact that, hey, you're an edge rusher, you're a defensive tackle. We're going to pay you like one. So curious to kind of watch unfold. Um, I'll let you give your thoughts on this real quick, and then we'll get into our picks. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, yeah, Nick Bosa contract, 34 a year, 122.5 guaranteed is huge. Um, 34 a year for a defensive player is crazy, but um it's an edge rusher so that's the position it should be i think the niners did the right thing yes it's probably a little bit of an overpay but um he wanted the market setting money and a few mil isn't going to mean a whole lot um the chris jones impact i think overall it might affect negotiations but at the end of the day they have different roles um different positions and i think Chris Jones should not be getting more than 34. Um, I think he should be getting whatever's just under Aaron Donald um, or whatever's just under market, depending on what market is. I'm not for sure on what the market value is for D tackles, but he has a lot of versatility on that D line. Like you said, super valuable to that team and defense, defense, especially, um, I don't know what his contract's going to be. I don't know what, how long he's looking for, um, but I assume he's holding out for market value of the IDL. So I think it probably slows negotiations a little bit, but at the end of the day, I don't think it's going to have a big effect on him. Um, but going into the NFL slate, 16 games starting tonight, Lions at Chiefs. KC is fared by four and a half. So the way we're going to do this is – Brady and I are going to each pick the winners for every game each week. Um, you know, we don't have a bye week to like week four or five. So it's going to be 16 games a week for our first few weeks. We're only going to talk about six or so. Um, we're going to talk about each of our team's games. So the Ravens and the Chargers game. All the primetime games, which in this case is Thursday, Sunday, and Monday. And then we're each going to pick a game. So this week, I think we have seven to talk about. So we're not going to cover seven. every team every week, but we're going to rotate each week, obviously, with the same format. We're going to be talking about different teams each week. So if you don't hear your team one week, you'll probably hear them in the next couple of weeks. Um, we're just going to talk about, you know, the biggest games of the week, um, just to kind of keep it rolling and not kind of dragging it out, talking about every team and every spread and 
um, kind of keep it more defined, a detailed uh, description of what the teams that we do choose to talk about. So, like I said, kicking it off with the Lions at Chiefs, a really big game. We were talking a little bit ago, I think. This is, they did a really good job picking this matchup for the week one. Um, you know, the Lions, an up-and-coming team that had a lot of promise, um, have been managed really well in the front office, I think. Um, questionable draft, but nonetheless, the right players, I think, just in terms of value is a little questionable. Um, should be a fun game. I am picking the Chiefs to win, but I'm picking the Lions to cover. Um, this is with me assuming Travis Kelsey does not play. I don't think his loss is enough to let the Chief, or let the Lions score more points than them. I think that Yes, the Lions are a very well-constructed team, but at the end of the day, it's at Arrowhead off a Super Bowl title, and they still have Mahomes and uh, Andy Reid. So I'm going with the Chiefs, but the Lions will lose by le- by four or less. Yeah, I picked a few upsets this week. This, this is one of them. I'm going to take the Lions to win. Uh, no Kelsey's big, but no Chris Jones, I think, it's bigger. Uh, against the Lions' offensive line that is arguably a top-five unit in football, not having Chris Jones in there on top of the fact that the Chiefs' defensive line room really isn't great, and they weren't a great run-stopping team last year, uh, and take away Chris Jones from that group, I think that if the Lions can control the pace of the game and they can control the ground, I think they can win. Um, again, it's going to be as hostile as an environment's going to be all year. That said, uh, Dan Campbell has going to have his guys ready, I think. Um, Jared Goff's played, played a lot of football. Uh, been a lot of hostile environments, so I think this is one that that the Lions can kind of sneak out of Arrowhead with a with a with a, a, like I said a tight win, but a win nonetheless. Uh, I've seen picking them to win, and picking them to cover. Um, getting into our second game of the week here with we got Texans at Ravens, getting it because it's the Ravens game. Baltimore favored by ten. Um, I'll make my first pick here. I guess I'm gonna take the Ravens to win. Uh, I'm petrified of double digit point spreads in the NFL. Um. So I'm going to take the Houston Texans to cover only because I think rarely do you see double digit point spreads hit. Uh, week one game. I know it's a rookie quarterback in Baltimore. Um, that said, if the Ravens are up, you know, 20 points in the fourth quarter, they're probably pulling their starters because of how many the injury luck that they have. So maybe you see. Late in the game, the Texans put some garbage time, a garbage time score up, a garbage time time score or two up late in the game. They win by eight or nine, whatever. I don't know, um, but I think I'm going to take Houston to cover on the play. Just I, again, I double digit point spreads are awful. I hate them. Can't stand it. Yeah, it's definitely a big spread. Um, taking the Ravens to win and cover only because. Um, you know, over the last five years since Lamar's been the starter week one, uh, they've rolled every time week one. Um, and I know the Ravens just have really good luck with rookie quarterbacks in their own stadium. Um, they hardly ever win. I think they have had like one or two rookie quarterbacks win in Baltimore since John Harbaugh got there um, 17 years ago. So I think overall... Uh, it's going to be a close game for a little bit. I, I hope it's competitive. I want to see, you know, some more guys have to, you know, make plays and not just like running the routine schemes and stuff like that. Um, picking the Ravens to win by probably 14, saying maybe 35-21 or something like that. Um, but I hope it's a good game. Obviously looking for a win. I probably just jinxed the spread. But, yeah, I mean – I think they were favored by 10 plus last year when they went to play the Jets and they covered. So we'll uh, we'll roll with it. But our next game that we have on the slate is I'll go to the one I picked um, Packers at Bears. The Bears are favored by one. So basically just saying the Bears will win. If you're picking the Packers to win, the Packers have to cover. Um, if the Bears win, then they obviously cover. So. Um, going with the Bears to win. Uh, I think they're going to win by four to seven. Now, I love the Packers. They're my NFC team. If I had to, you know, have a second favorite team, they're they're my second favorite. Um, 
But I don't think I think Chicago, what they did this offseason, they had a great offseason. I think Ryan Poles made most of the right moves. Obviously, didn't have a perfect offseason, but um, TJ Edwards, Tremaine Edmonds as, you know, probably a top three linebacker duo, um, at least projected. Obviously, they've never played together, so it is a projection. And Jaquan Brisker was a really good pick, and that defense is looking fairly good overall. And then what they did offensively this offseason, um, I, I thought they made great moves, acquiring extra picks from Carolina, acquiring DJ Moore from Carolina. Um, I, I'm really excited for what the Bears can do. Obviously, not a Bears fan, but um, you know, I met my fair share of Bears fans, and they're definitely really excited for this season and looking forward to it. I'm going to go with the Bears, like I said, um, probably four to seven point margin of victory, but it should be a tight game. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I like this pick that you made. Uh, again, one point spread. You're just kind of basically picking a winner. I'm taking the Packers to win. Obviously, they're going to cover. Um, taking them to win. I think I'm just a bigger believer in Jordan Love than I think a lot of people are. Um, I mean, obviously, it's a one point spread, so it's not that crazy. But um, I like Jordan Love. I think he what he has shown in limited play last year uh, was better than I expected. And I think that with a whole year. He's been in the system for, you know, three, four years. What? He's going into year four. He's been in the system for three years, almost going on four years now. Um, Christian Watson's had a full offseason under his belt in the NFL. Still have Aaron Jones, still have A.J. Dillon. I'm hoping the offensive line is going to stay healthy for him. I know Bakhtiari is going to play week one, so that's a good start. Um, they invested some heavy draft capital into the tight end room. Cannot get in for Jordan Love. So I, I like what they've done I think defensively. There, I think the Packers' defense is a slept-on unit. Um, you know, between Rashawn Gary, we've got great linebacker duo. I like Jair Alexander, Alexander a lot. So I think I slept on unit there. They're going to give give the Bears some trouble offensively. Still, not a great offensive line. Um, so I'm going to go and take the Packers to win this one uh, again. But it should be a great game. Moving on to, I guess we'll go with the game that I picked this week. Um, picked 49ers Steelers. 49ers at Steelers. Um, Steelers or sorry, Niners are favored by two and a half. I'm going to take the Steelers to win and cover, obviously. Um, I'm just a big Mike Tomlin guy. I, I think he's, again, I've said it before on this podcast, he's the best coach in the NFL. Um, I don't know if it's close right now, just given what he's done with the amount of talent that they have. Full offseason for Kenny Pickett. Um, they had arguably the best draft and the best offseason of anyone. Um, so I like how they're going to match up with the, with the 49ers. Um you, Brock Purdy should be regressing to the mean this year, regressing to the average, if you will. Um, don't think he's going to replicate what he did last year. That said, uh, it's bigger. This should be a great game. Uh, I'm going to take the Steelers though. In Pittsburgh's big. That's that. That's another one for me. It's a long trip. Uh, Pittsburgh at home, season opener. Fans should be there, be rowdy. They're really excited about the season. So. Taking the Steelers here in what I think, again, is a playoff team. So, big win to start the year for them. Yeah, this is a, this is one of the more interesting games, I thought, as well. Um, obviously, only a two-and-a-half-point spread, one of the closer spreads of week one. 49ers making basically a cross-country trip to Pittsburgh is going to be tough, but I just think the weapons they have overall and the defense they have with Nick Bosa back, um, it's going to be too much for Pittsburgh. I do think, however, it's going to be close. I'm picking Pittsburgh to still cover that two and a half points. So picking the Niners to win by one or two. Um, I think it'll be a really fun game. Definitely one I'll try to tune into if I can. And at the end of the day, I think what the Steelers are going to do on offense, the Niners can do on defense. And I don't know if the Steelers defensively can match up with the Niners offensively, even if they don't have quite as good quarterback play as they should or as they're used to um, the past couple of years, but yeah, they have a ton of weapons, uh, you know, a good O line, not, you know, probably slightly above average, but overall it's not anything special. So I'm picking the Niners to win a close one. And then next game, I guess Dolphins chargers um, chargers are favored by three picking the charters to win and cover. I think if this was in Miami, I might pick the dolphins, but I just think, Overall, the Chargers are more suited for a run and just should have finished with a better record overall than the Dolphins. Um, I didn't pick the Dolphins to make the playoffs. And I just think, 
like I said, the Chargers are healthy as of now, uh, knock on wood. And the Dolphins, I don't think Tua is going to have the year a lot of people think he will. Um, it's tough for him. I feel really bad for him injury-wise um, with how all that was handled last season. I don't know how he's going to bounce back. Um, but nonetheless, I think it'll be another exciting game, another close spread. I hope it's exciting. I always love exciting games. Um, but I'm picking the Chargers to win. Obviously, being at home is a lot better than taking a, what, five-plus-hour flight um, oh. to go play a team. But I think the Chargers, what they did this offseason, um, you know, the, the weapons they have right now, they'll be more suited. How am I, What am I trying to say? They will be better suited in this game than Miami will um, just due to the matchups. I'm taking the Chargers to win, taking the Chargers to cover. Um, I mean, when you get point spreads at three or under, you're basically picking a winner, unless you think there's going to be like a game-winning field goal. Um, That said, I think the Chargers win this game by close to double digits. I mean, you see what they did last year to Miami. Um, No Derwin James, no Joey Bosa in that game. Um, And they still were able to put together a game plan that made Tua look fairly pedestrian and – Kind of kept the offense in check, kept Jalen Waddle, kept Tyreek Hill in check. Something that Brandon Staley has been able to do really well, um, shockingly, is keep Tyreek Hill contained. And even when he was in Kansas City, um, something that they've done really well is, is contain Tyreek Hill. So um, kind of an odd deal there. I think when you look at what the Dolphins are going to do defensively, at least, um, Chargers are fully healthy on the offensive line. Chargers are fully healthy with all their weapons. I mean, they really have not had no major injury yet. I mean, I say that, again, knock on wood, they're going to stay healthy this through this week. But, um, I mean, no no Jalen Ramsey's big. I know Xavier Howard's still a great cornerback, but there's only one of Xavier Howard. And I think that with the, with what the Chargers are kind of this offseason with, with their weapons and everyone being healthy at receiver, um, you know, you can't just put Xavier Howard on Mike Williams or Keenan Allen and double the other one. Um, I mean, Josh Palmer is going to get open. Quentin Johnson's going to get open. Um, I mean, Gerald Everett's... The tight end is not very good for the Chargers, but Gerald Everett's still a really solid tight end, and he's one of the better man coverage beaters in, in the league at tight end. Um, and then you look at Austin Eckler, and obviously we saw it in the game last year, in the Miami game, late in, late in the fourth quarter, big third down, basically to seal the game. Um, I mean, Keenan Allen, uh, credit to Cater Co., who I believe in the slot, really good coverage on him, and uh, he's he's basically covered, and, and Justin Herbert didn't matter. He put the ball in the money. Um where only Keenan can catch it on the sidelines. So um, yeah, there's an epic clip of like the, them pointing at each other, like great ball, like great catch. So, um, you know, you got 10 at quarterback, you're going to be in every single game that you're playing. So taking the Chargers to win and cover here. Um, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing what this offense looks like with Kellen Moore. Um, excited to see what the kind of the passing game looks like. I am a Quentin Johnson fantasy owner, really just as a Michael Williams insurance policy. Should Mike get hurt this year? Um, but if I was a betting man, I might throw a parlay together that has a Quentin Johnson anytime touchdown. I think they're going to try and get him involved this week. I think they're going to try and e- exploit the fact that the Miami secondary is going to be really focused on Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, and stopping um, what should be an improved run game. And they're going to try and get Quentin Johnson deep this week, um, or potentially on like a on like a, a shallow crosser, you know, inside that inside the thirty, and they try and um, get him some space and uh, take it to the crib. So um, they try and get him involved. I think I think you see it a lot with rookie receivers. They start slow, but they try and build some confidence early on in the in the, in the season with them. So um, yeah, just a little little nugget there on, on the betting on the betting side of it. If, if we could bet in Texas, might be throwing a little parlay together with an anytime touchdown for Quentin Johnson. But that said, we'll get to the second to last game on the slate this week: Sunday Night Football, Cowboys at Giants. Giants at home are, are, are uh, home dogs with the Cowboys favored to win by three and a half. I'm taking the Cowboys. I'm taking the Giants to cover. I think this is going to be an an awesome, awesome Sunday night football matchup. Um, I personally think the Giants are taking a step back this year. That said, the fact that they're I think picking them to cover is not reflective of that. I just think that this is a divisional game, which are always close. Very rarely do you see blowouts in divisional games? I think we saw it last year with the Jets and the Bills one week. We saw it with the 
I believe the Raiders and the Chiefs one week. Outside of that, you really don't see a lot of these blowouts in divisional games because these teams know each other so well. I am also not bullish on the Cowboys offense this year because, Mike, I want to run the damn ball. McCarthy's that's a take, not one that I would have for them, but okay, go for it. Um, but I think they're going to win a really great game in New York. Um, crowd should be great. They're, I think the fans are into it this year. But again, I think the Cowboys win a, a tight one on the road to open the year and a great and what I'm hoping is a great Sunday night football matchup. Just can't wait. I cannot wait to hear Carrie Underwood sing that song. I just it, it's just there's something about it. Little goosebumps, guys. It's not gonna be cold enough to get the real goosebumps flowing, but maybe I'll turn the AC up, stand in front of a fan, and just get the get the feeling of, of fall truly hitting when that Sunday night football song comes on. Oh yeah. All you, what you got? I think it's got to be like a late October game, like, you know, leaves falling, like, three under Oh, yeah, absolutely. Then going, but. 100%. But, yeah, I'm picking, uh, picking Dallas to win as well, but the Giants to cover. Uh, I think it's going to be really close. I could see the Giants winning. They did a lot this offseason, uh, made some good moves. But I'm, overall, I'm picking the Cowboys. I think they have a better projection for the season. I think their roster is better suited uh, to make a run at the end of the day. Uh, I am picking them to be the sixth seed in my playoff predictions from last week. And I think overall it'll be another exciting divisional game Sunday night. Last game on the slate before we get to some conference championship game and Super Bowl predictions is the Monday night game. The Bills at Jets. Buffalo's fared by two and a half. I'm picking the Bills to win, but the Jets to cover. Um, being at New York, um, well, New Jersey technically is where they play, but should be a really good environment. Jets fans should be into it for the first time since Mark Sanchez. Um, I think it'll be awesome. I'm really looking forward to watching that game. I think overall it's going to be close. I think the Bills are just going to have the better offense at the end of the day. Um, they're far more experienced, far more team chemistry. Um and better suited for a run, I think. Um, you know, I picked them to win the division for a reason. But I am picking the Jets to cover. I think it'll be, you know, a really close game um, at the end, and I hope it is. Take the Bills. Take them to cover. Because it's two and a half. I'm basically picking a winner. I'm very curious to see if this Jet. I mean, this is a great litmus test, I think, for the Jets. I mean, the NFL cut them, cut them no breaks, giving them the Bills week one. Granted, it's in New York, it's at home, but, which, by the way, the turnaround on that is going to be crazy for the stadium crew. I feel awful for them. A Sunday night game is going to be packed against the Cowboys. Then they got to turn around, clean up the stadium, get it switched over for the Jets to play. Dude, that's, I don't, I don't envy them. That's tough. Um, that said, we're going to find out real quick if it's Jets team has it or not this year because this Bills team is really good. Um, I think they this is the last year that their windows truly open. And I'm very curious to see how this Jets offensive line looks against an, an older but a still good defensive line room in Buffalo. Um, so, man, I. I'm saying the Bills to win. It's going to be tough. I think the Jets have some gelling to do. Um, that said, I think we're going to find out a lot about the offensive line this week. They, they, like, Listen, the Jets, like you, like you said, the Jets could cover. It's very possible that they cover and the Bills win late. But I am curious to see how they lose, right? If they're going to lose, how do they lose? Are they going to lose because they lose in a shootout? Okay, whatever. I'm not that worried about the Jets, I guess. So if they cover, I think it's different. Or maybe they lose a tight game and – Rodgers and the receivers just don't look in sync. That that's fixable. If the offensive line looks awful this week and they can't move the ball, boy, Jets might be in trouble. So um, should be a great game. Again, I think the NFL did a great job picking the primetime games. I think the, I mean, I give them a lot of flack too. There are sometimes some less than stellar primetime matchups. Um, and yeah, well, they do pick a lot of the team, a lot of like, you're going to see the jets a ton. this year. the chargers have a ton. The bills have a ton. I think there, you guys have what three or four primetime games this year. I think we, I have, know we have the max at 
the max is five. We we have the five. The Chiefs have the five. The Jets have five. And I think the Bills have five. The Cowboys and Bills, I think, both have five. So, going to see a lot of the same teams in prime time. That said, this is a great slate this week. I think they did it really, really well. I mean, if you look around the league, there's very few matchups that I would have maybe preferred. Um, I think Chargers-Dolphins is maybe one you could have thrown in prime time. That said, who knows? Um, I, I don't know what I'd replace it with. Um, and then the same thing goes for, I think, that Niners-Steelers game. Other than that, I don't know the allure behind the Packers. I know getting Justin Fields in prime time is great, but I don't know if there's a lot of allure for the Packers game. Um, but I think, again, they did a great job picking primetime prime time games this week, and I'm looking forward to it. I know you are as well. I think we're going to watch the game together tomorrow night. Uh, tonight for you guys, tomorrow night for us. Uh, but super pumped about you know the season getting started finally. I'm just I'm ready to play, man. I heard I hear the offseason hype every year. As a Chargers fan, yeah, we win the offseason every year, and then you know it feels like the hype gets too big, and then we fall short. I'm kind of glad they're the Good Morning Football crew did not pick us to make the playoffs. And I sent it to you on Instagram with this little, little note emoji. Um, but I love it. Personally, I love it. I hope I want te- I want media to stop talking about us. I want us to be slept on. I'm tired of being talked about as a favorite or a, a breakout team. Like, I'm tired of it. I just want to play. I want the Chargers to be the Chargers and um, maybe not be the Chargers, actually, is what I should say. I want, them to, I want them to not charge this year. I want them to just play their potential. And I think part of that is not getting all the media hype. I know you feel the same way. And the Ravens got a lot of media hype. Um, Maybe not this year, but the kind of the couple of years prior with Lamar. So I think we're both kind of in the same boat with our team. Just, you know, I just want to see him play and um, cool with all the talking about it. So. Yeah, definitely. I'm really looking forward to it um, before we get into the kind of the final segment of our championship game predictions. Um, I'm looking forward. I think, you know, I saw a couple of projections. Uh, the Ravens are finishing this. So it's, it's nice to see. Um, a projection, you know, that has you going to the Super Bowl or whatever. But at the end of the day, um, all that matters is what they actually do on the field and how the coaches and players work together to put a product good enough to score more than your opponent. And I think a lot of it's overblown based off the names on your roster or, um, you know, your fan base, whatever. But I think... This can be an interesting season, obviously 17 games, um, which is fairly new the past few years. I don't I don't know if we're going to see a team reach 14 wins. I think everyone's going to have at least four losses. I think this is going to be a very um, unique season with a little more parity than we've normally seen. Um, going to kind of be like a college basketball season. And I don't think the Blue Bloods are going to be super strong this year. Yeah, they're going to be great. They're still one seeds, but they're not going to have that incredible record that you're used to seeing. Um, I think that a lot of teams made it a lot of good moves in the off season. It's going to be really interesting. I think we're going to see some games that people think are upsets that, you know, probably you should have seen coming. And I don't think there's going to be many games that like, Oh, this team's got it in the bag. Like I don't see that other team winning. Like I don't think there's any this week and I don't think there'll be many out throughout the course of the season, but looking forward to it. Nonetheless, um, Speaking of, we need to keep make our picture the rest of the games this week quickly. We'll do them quickly um, before we get to that the championship game stuff. We almost forgot. I almost forgot at least. Um, I'll start up Bengals Browns. Bengals by two and a half. I'm taking the Bengals to cover. Win and cover uh, minus two and a half. I'll let you. I'll let you get this one. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm doing the same thing. I think whether or not Joe Burrow plays, it should, Bengals should win. Yeah. And then the next game we got. Bucks at Vikings in Minnesota. Minnesota's favored by six. I'm picking them to win in coverage. The Bucks. It's not even the Vikings. It's that the Bucks look terrible. So um, that shouldn't really be that close. But uh, same pick. Vikings in to cover at minus six. Baker Mayfield effect in a negative way. Vikings win in cover. Titans at Saints. New Orleans favored by three at home. I'm taking the Titans to win in cover. Um, Sneaky Titans team. I don't think they're going to be good. They could be picking first overall. That said, I also think they're going to make a push for a playoff spot because they're in a terrible division. Mike Vrabel, blah, blah, blah. Picking Vrabel's team to get out uh, get out to a, a hot start start the year here and get a big one on the road. Yeah, I just think the Saints have had really good off seasons. I'm picking them to win and cover. Um, I think they have a really good defense, and that's going to give the Titans serious problems, I think. Uh, next game. You know, a couple other NFC South teams in the Panthers and Falcons. 
Um, picking the Falcons to win and cover. They are favored by three and a half, so I'm picking them to win by at least four. Um, I think it'll be really close. Honestly, I could see the Panthers winning fairly easily. Um, but at the end of the day, it's in Atlanta. You know how those fans are. And I think the Falcons are looking better. I mean, I picked them to make the – or did I? I don't remember. But they should be a fringe playoff team, if not a wild card team. Um, and the Panthers are kind of that young team trying to build some chemistry. Um you know, the Panthers are like the Jets in a lot of ways without the promise and the production of their players. So both teams looking for, a you know, a big step forward this season with a lot of promising players. And I think the Panthers overall uh, will not have enough to get it done week one. Yeah, same thing here for me, taking the Falcons to cover, um, win and cover by three and a half. Just uh, listen, they're my divisional winner for the South, I think. Uh, like you said, young team, battle offensive line for the for the Panthers is going to give them a lot of problems. So taking the Falcons to win at home and cover Jags at Colts, uh, Jaguars favored by five and a half or by five on the road, taking them to win. I'm taking Indy to cover sneaky cover here by Indianapolis. But I think this is going to be a tight game. I think the Jags went off a turnover late by Anthony Richardson. But I think I knew the, the Colts covered just hard nosed, gritty team. I think, I think they cover this week. Yeah, it's definitely an enticing matchup. Um, you know, AFC South matchup, divisional matchups are always tough to predict. However, I am picking the Jags to win and cover by five. The Jags have a lot of promise, obviously, having a good season last year. They get Calvin Ridley this year, who was suspended all of last year. But I just don't think the Colts are going to have what it takes to keep it close. Even if, even though it's in Indy, I think there's too much promise for the Jags and what they did last year is a big reason why I'm picking them to win by more than five. Um, next game is definitely the probably the worst matchup of the week. Cardinals at Commanders. Any game the Commanders are fared by seven um, is interesting. I'm going to pick the Commanders to win and cover. However, I think Sam Howell's better than expected for what they thought he would be right now. I don't know if that's in part to Eric Bieniemy or what, but picking the Commanders to win by more than seven against a really bad Cardinals team that looks like they're going to be starting Josh Dobbs. Yeah. Seven point spreads. I also don't love in the NFL, especially when the team that's favored by seven is the Washington commanders. That said, the Cardinals are actively tanking like quite literally they are actively tanking right now. They cut Colt McCoy. Who's been a system quarterback for them. Been on the team. I know it's a new offensive scheme, but he's been in on the team for a while and has looked at least halfway competent to play. Wouldn't call Josh Dobbs competent to play. They signed him. He's going to start. Be him or Clayton Toon, who's a rookie out of Houston. So they're tanking. Um, I'm going to take the commanders to win by seven. A little bit of a Sam Howell bump, maybe. We'll see. Um, But it's going to be a tough, tough year for the Cardinals. They they might go 0-17. They genuinely might lose 17 games this year. Um, Next game here, Raiders at Broncos. Denver favored by two and a half at home. Taking the Raiders to win and cover. Um... Not confident in this Denver team with Sean Payton. It's going to be some bumps in the road to start the year. I think the Raiders, if Chandler Jones plays, he probably is not going to. If those those who saw his social media comments this week, it's mm-hmm. not a good look for him, not a good look for the team. I think he's going to get traded, actually, nonetheless. Um, I still think the Raiders win this week. I like what the, I hate to say that I have loved their draft, getting Tyree and Michael Mayer. Um, fits what they needed. Fits what the kind of the the the, the, the fits what the guys around them need as well. So, um, taking the Raiders to win on the road in Denver, um, just because I'm not confident in what Denver can do uh, as an offense um, quite yet. Yeah, I agree. Um, same reasoning too for the most part. I think the Raiders have the weapons uh, with Josh Jacobs, who led the NFL in rushing last year, and then Devontae Adams, who's probably my wide receiver one. Um, I just think. What they have overall is going to be enough to beat the Broncos, regardless. I mean, Vegas, Denver, it's not that far apart. So um, probably still be a good good bit of Raiders fans there. But I am interested to see how the Broncos come out to start the season. Um, I wouldn't say a lot of promise, but some promise in terms of the turnover from last year um, should be improved. But in a loaded AFC, I just don't see how they compete at all. Um, you know, They're probably right around eight wins, maybe. Seven wins. Um, moving on to the next game here. Eagles at Patriots in Foxborough. 
And I'm picking the Eagles to win by more than four. Uh, I don't think this one's going to be that close. Probably like a 10-12 point victory for the Eagles. I think their roster is far superior to that of the Patriots. So I'm going with the Eagles. Same thing here, taking the Eagles to win and cover minus four. Um, on the road still, it doesn't really matter to me. The Eagles are going to win. They're maybe the most well-rounded roster in football. Um, from quarterback to offensive line, and then from the defensive front to the secondary, kind of all around. To the, but like I said, it's still the best roster in football. I'm going to take them to win here. Last game of the week we'll talk about Rams at Seahawks. Seahawks favored by five and a half. Um, I think that five and a half line is beyond generous, and I don't know if that takes into account no Cooper Cup officially. So take the Seahawks, take them to cover. Wouldn't shock me if this is a – if this is a like this might be a 10-point game, which I usually don't say a lot of in the nfl because i just you just don't see 10 point wins in the nfl but this might be a 10 point win this week yeah i would agree um seattle should definitely win this one being at home helps um you know really strong year last year across the board and they had another great off season again so a uh, young team but should come out hot to start the season winning by more than that five and a half point margin that wraps up the nfl there uh we're going to round it out with our conference championship game predictions so in the AFC, um, I'm going to pick the Ravens to go to KC to play the Chiefs. I think overall the Ravens are, yeah, they, yeah, they're my team. And, yeah, they've been slept on and they've been projected to go to the Super Bowl and everything in between. But I think the way their roster is formulated this season is far different. Now, what worries me is their depth at corner and edge rusher. And I think that could go downhill fast if someone goes down. Um, to a season-ending injury. However, new strength staff, new OC, um, a new off-season program, I think is going to pay dividends. Um, with it being year one and a lot of vets coming in, it's definitely helpful and accelerates that adjustment process. Um, but I am picking them to lose to the Chiefs. And for the NFC, I'll just go through mine and I'll let you go through yours. Um, in the NFC, I'm picking the 49ers to play at Philly, a rematch of last year's NFC Championship game. Or excuse me. Picking the Lions to travel to San Fran and play the 49ers in San Fran. I think the Lions have a lot of promise. Obviously, they're going to need some big wins in the postseason. And I think they're going to do it. I think Dan Campbell's a really good coach. Doesn't get enough credit for how he coaches and what he's done to that roster and the culture there in just two seasons. Um was my pick for coach of the year, is the favorite for coach of the year. Um, so I'm picking them to go to the NFC Championship game, which might sound crazy. Um, but I'm picking the 49ers to win that. So my Super Bowl would be a rematch of, what, four years ago? Chiefs versus 49ers, and I'm picking the Chiefs to win a close one, 30-24. So Chiefs are going to be my prediction to win it all as of now. Uh, obviously, a lot can happen with a couple injuries. Um but yeah, I'm picking Ravens, Chiefs, Lions, Niners, and then the Chiefs and Niners to advance to the Super Bowl. I'd probably say the Chiefs would be my one seed, and the Niners probably my two seed. Yeah, uh, hard for me to pick a team to repeat in the NFL as hard as it is to win back-to-back Super Bowls. Um, I mean, it's it's super difficult. I mean, the Seahawks should have done it had they just run the football. That's said they didn't. They didn't run the football, and they lost. So, um, you know, it's it's really difficult to win two in a row. Um, I mean, like only Tom Brady did it. Did he do it once? I think he did it one time. I think so, yeah. Um, guy who won six did it one time. So it's really hard to do. Um, in the AFC, I've taken the Chargers to play in Buffalo against the Bills. Um, similar reasoning to Brett. I mean, you look at what the way the, the Chargers roster is constructed. Should they stay – like have average health and not lose. I mean, they, they weren't the most injured team in football. The problem is the guys they lost were their best. Play. I mean, they lose an all pro left tackle and an all pro edge rusher uh, for literally almost the entire season. Um, they missed Jeremy James a couple of games. Corey Lindsley missed a few games. Khalil Mack missed a couple of games. All these guys that I'm listing, um, you know, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, and they played only five games together the whole year. Um, these are all pro bowl or better caliber players that they missed. So, if they can stay moderately healthy and the injuries that they do have not be all too high impact starters. The offseason moves that they made were indicative of the fact that this is a that they are all in on this team right now to win this year. 
because you're losing one of Joey Buzz to Cleo Mack next year. You're losing one of Keenan Allen, Mike Williams next year. Um, you know, I know that they drafted receiver edge rusher one and two in their draft. Maybe that's part of replacement, but that's also to get a depth in the edge room, which was much needed. And then B depth in the receiver room, which was much needed. So, and also add a new element to the receiver room with what Quentin Johnston can do, what his strengths are. Um, that said, I have really, really high expectations for this new offense this year. Um, there's no reason Justin Herbert shouldn't be a top three MVP candidate. Um, I mean, in the AFC, you can look at six different teams and go, yeah, they can make they can make a make the AFC championship game and C or B make the, make the Super Bowl. So, um, you know, taking the Chargers to get there, I think they have to at least they have to get to the divisional game. I think I think they need to get to a, cha- a conference championship game for Brandon Staley to not lose his job. They're they're just on paper they're maybe one of the most talented rosters in football. Genuinely, they're a top, probably a top five roster in football on paper. That said, they don't play games on paper. We we've witnessed that that the story of the Chargers. They don't play games on paper. So, um, that said, I think I think this could be the year if they can unlock the the gambler and Justin Herbert. Uh, sky's the limit. So, taking them to go to Buffalo and play the Bills. That said, I'm taking the Bills to win and go to the Super Bowl. Um, Buffalo's a hard place to play. It's gonna be cold. Uh, I got any, I think yeah, I said it earlier. This the Bills window is is right now. Like the window is closing after this ne- this year or next. I think for them. Based upon the roster construction, based upon when Josh Allen's money kicks in and, and kind of structure of the defense, as old as they are, um, you know, between Trey White, Micah Hyde, Jordan Poyer, Von Miller, they're not getting any younger. So I think that this is kind of their this is their window, and you throw Diggs in that mix as well. Um, and then the NFC, I've got the Niners and the Eagles in a rematch. Niners at Eagles, taking the Eagles to win their rematch. I just it's hard for me to pick against the Eagles in the NFC because of the talent gap that exists between them and everyone else. Um, like in the AFC, you could, you could pick six teams and I go, yeah, you could, they could make the Super Bowl. I think there's only two teams in the NFC that can realistically, that I can realistically see making a Super Bowl run. And it's the Niners and the, and the Eagles. Yeah. You could, I could, I could see the Lions doing it maybe, but I think it's hard to fathom, frankly, just again, it's, they're a young team, right? So, um, not gonna bet against the uh, the Eagles and the NFC until they prove to me otherwise. That said, I think the team who gets out of the AFC wins the Super Bowl because they've they're they're gonna be the most battle tested. Um, they're gonna have luck on their side. That is a big part of this. I think we saw it with Cincinnati when they made the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Yes, they were really good. They got lucky though. They got really lucky in that postseason run. Hell, they you could argue they should have lost to Vegas in in the wild card in the in the wild card round. Yep. Suspect pass interference call at the end of the game. They get lucky against the Chiefs. I don't want to say lucky, but they, you know, kind of lucky with Patrick Mahomes playing a bad half of football. So, um, you know, luck's involved. And I think whoever gets over the AFC, the football gods are on their side. Um, and I'm going to take the Bills to win the Super Bowl. Didn't make a score prediction. Um, I guess if I had to, 27-23 Bills. I don't know. A couple field goals here and there. Uh-huh. Yeah. Super Bowl. But I'm taking the Bills. I think, like I said, this is their year. Um, they've got to have it this year. And um, looking for Josh Allen to have a, a big – I know I didn't pay him to win MVP. Um, but I'm looking for Josh Allen to have a big year. Limit turnovers. See if they can't get something going here. Yeah, I like it. Um, you know, a little bit of a difference in our predictions, which is always good. Um, kind of see different things for different teams, obviously, um, with our own teams having an impact. But pretty much wraps up the third edition of Thursday Turf Talk here at just about an hour. Looking forward to this weekend, a huge slate of football. Uh, first big week of college football being at week two. Obviously, the first week of NFL. Make sure you have a screen near you at all times, if not multiple. Um, oh, it'll be multiple. It'll be it multiple. Will. Promise it that. Will. But, uh, yeah, definitely looking forward to this weekend. Um, you know, starting a night, got the Lions Chiefs. And then we got Sunday and Monday night. Um, you know, college football kind of runs throughout the whole weekend. So stay tuned. Um, we will be dropping our next episode Tuesday morning, like we have in the past few weeks with our revised schedule. So a lot of stuff coming out to y'all. Um, and we'll kind of give a recap of our records and stuff like that next Thursday on the Thursday turf talk. So thank you all for tuning in and we'll see y'all soon.
We'll see you guys later.